0: Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. They will sing before the Lord, for he comes, he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his truth.
1: Wow, what a song, eh? Um, Let me pray as we start, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, so much for these words, this fantastic song. Pray you'd guide us now, teach us by your spirit, in your holy name, amen. So we're carrying on the series in the Psalms from 90 to 98. Um, um, And as we've heard before, the series is all about the Lord reigning as king. This idea of God himself as king. So. Uh, Obviously, this psalm, like others, is written by David, but it's not talking about David per se. It's talking about God. It's not talking about Solomon either. It's talking about the Lord God, and as we know, God's saving King, Jesus Christ. So in the psalms we've done so far, we've found out the following things about this reigning king. So in Psalm 93, we've got the clear message that he reigns from heaven. And then in Psalm 94, we're shown that he reigns despite the apparent success of the proud and the wicked. Psalm 95, which was Jeremy last week, we know that the Lord reigns, so we must listen to him. And today we're in 96, Psalm 96. And I hope you heard from the reading. It's a beautiful song. It really is a wonderful song. Uh, and it's a song to God. It's a Godward song, if you like. Uh, and in essence, I think we've, we've sought to gather it together in in a sentence, really, which I'll unpack in this talk. And that is that it's a reminder, this song is a reminder for all to praise and worship the eternal king who brings justice. And those are basically the three phases or three points to this talk. A reminder for all to praise and worship the eternal King who brings justice. So let's dive in to the first point then, that this is a reminder. And this is really just a contextual point because I think it's really illuminating to see why David uh, has written this uh, before we get into the the text and the second two points. So if we take a step back, this psalm was written as a, as a song of celebration. You can see the whole thing in 1 Chronicles 16, second half of 1 Chronicles 16. And this, this part of the Psalm 96 is just part of it, what you see on page 602, keep your Bibles open please, is just part of it. And it was written, commissioned by David, written by Israel for Israel as David arranged for the public procession of the Ark to be brought back into Jerusalem. The Ark of the Covenant, which you remember, was the uh, holy receptacle of, of the stone tablets with the Ten Commandments on. Uh, and it signifies so many things. But let's just think a bit about why this song and why that glorious procession? If you think about David at this stage, um, he's just—he hasn't been made king of Israel very long. He's anointed by uh, Samuel when he was quite young. Samuel, God's God's prophet, key prophet at the time. David's just pretty dramatically defeated the Philistines several times. Um, and he sees God's hand in all those victories. He's prayerful, he commits the battles to the Lord before they occur, and he's he's an amazing champion. Incredible, incredible victories. And David knows the Lord has done both of those things. He knows the Lord's hand is in him being a king. He knows the Lord's hand is in the victories over the Philistines. And by parading the ark through Jerusalem, it's this huge reminder to Israel to re celebrate God's greatness, to rejoice. So, you know, as the ark comes through it it, it makes them think of, of key things, doesn't it? it? Particularly makes them think of of the the mercies and benefits of God's law, of the Ten Commandments held in the ark. Um, but also it makes them, it's a reminder of God's salvation. You know, the idea of the mercy seat on the ark and the business of the sacrifices dealing with sin and answer to sin, which, which, which they'd have known. And of course we know is, is is in us frankly, but both of them are about justice, aren't they? In a way the idea of God given commands to bring justice and the idea of an atonement for our sin, which is unjust. So atonement brings justice. But that's not all, because in the process, the ark's also a reminder of um, God's other promises. So if you think about his promises to Abraham before that, unconditional promises, blessings, a people, a land, um, that would, th- th- those promises would have been triggered too as well. And also his deeds as a creator, as the redeemer of Egypt, uh, uh, of Israel from slavery in Egypt, and the recent victories over the Philistines. So can you see how David arranges this sort of joyous procession bringing the ark into Jerusalem as a massive reminder a rejoicing um, to the Israelites of just God's the range of attributes that form God's greatness. And I was thinking about, about the scene and I was thinking about us and I thought well okay fine but what does that mean to us? And then it occurred to me that which is pretty obvious, frankly, that we really need reminders, don't we? We really need reminders. Um, You know, our capacity to forget God is considerable. (laughs) If you think about those crazy busy days where you only remember you're a Christian at lunchtime or tea time, you know those ones? I've had a few of them. I know I'm not alone. You think about waking up in the morning and just knowing you know kind of knowing your own wrongness John Stott says we wake up in the morning with the cake of sin upon us you know I think it's a lovely idea of like I better get that Bible open and pray because that cake of sin isn't going to go anywhere <laughs> otherwise you know um, and our capacity just going back to forgetting God our capacity to forget God is just huge right we we might worship our jobs or our interests or our families you know, when we've got a day off, we'll just line up, it line up to do whatever we fancy half the time. You know, this is totally normal. Our capacity to be distracted, my capacity to be distracted is phenomenal. You know, whether it's spending too much time focusing on the war in Ukraine, you know, cost of living, climate change, seemingly useless polity, you know, just how much worse can Manchester United get, you know, you know who knows right there's loads of it so i really thought this is great for us to sort of see the reminder that david is inflicting on israel in with the best intent and and use it for us as well because i think we need reminders of god's greatness and his the great news of his son as well okay so let's turn to the Second point, then the second area, and really get into the text. So, the second emphasis I wanted to bring out was was basically captured in verses one to nine, that first block. And it's it's a reminder for all to praise and worship. This em- emphasis in these words on both praise and worship. So, look, let's let's just get let's get eyes down and get into the text on page six hundred two again, and just see where that comes out. Because if, you, if we just look at verses one to three initially, where well the focus is massively on praise, uh, and what's going on? Well, look, singing a new song in the first verse is what's going on. It's a new song, praise. Sing is mentioned three times. It's emphatic. Sing, sing, sing. There's a real tone of rejoicing, you know, like Paul when he's telling us to always rejoice in Philippians four. And, you know, it's, it's, this is a new song. It's fresh. It's a fresh communication of praise. There's no dust on this one. This isn't an old cheese from the cupboard. This is new. It's fresh. And then the verbs keep coming. So if you look at verse 2, proclaim. What do we proclaim? We proclaim is salvation day after day. Keep doing it. Don't stop. The verbs keep coming in verse 3. Declare this time his glory amongst the nations his marvelous deeds among the people marvelous deeds just David's trying to get them and us to look at what God's done look at what he's done it's amazing for Israel at the time they defeated the Philistines these awful horrid enemy it's such a great gift from God that victory and then look at us now it's even better for us now we know the Lord we know the gospel we've seen what Jesus has done So then move on to join me looking at verses four to six this is the next block the next three verses verses four to six the focus is much more on the sort of why of praise we're still on praise but much more of the why you look in verse four he's praiseworthy he's worth it so many things aren't but he's worth it he's worth praise Verse five, he's real. He's not an idol like Dagon. Do you remember the Philistines, God Dagon, fall over in his own temple if the ark's around? Our God's real. He's a creator, made the heavens in verse five. He's strong. Verse six, he's glorious. That's the why. And then let's keep going verses seven to nine. This is the the final block of three in 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 this section you're unto worship you know what does that look like we've got verbs again so ascribe to the lord ascribe to the Lord. what does that mean acknowledge you know give him his due ascribe to the lord glory and strength in seven due to his name in eight bring an offering to the courts in eight serve him you know again you're down to verbs and action worship the lord in nine So let's sort of try and gather all that together. What have we got? And I think we've got a really glorious call to action, haven't we? To praise and worship. I mean, look at that list of verbs from one to nine sing three times, declare, proclaim, ascribe. It's calling us to live God, isn't it? To project God, uh, to do these things, Uh, to be outward. To be outward with the gospel, uh, to tell of God, not to hide him. Uh, for Israel, you know, calling them to declare their God. And for us now, you know, declare the gospel in all our contexts. We'll talk about that in a while. But I think these are beautiful, helpful commands by David, really calling us to action, call to arms, if you like. And I think it's great to look at who... This is aimed at. It's everyone. No one is left out. It couldn't be more inclusive. Verse 1 is all the earth. Verse 3 is among the nations. Verse 3, among the peoples. Verse 7, family of the nations. Verse 9 is all the earth. It's everyone. 7 to 9 seems especially, verse 7 seems especially focused on the Gentiles for the context of Israel. And so imagine for them hearing that song written by David and the Levites and seeing that it meant the potential for them to invite a Philistine to the temple. Imagine how they must have felt about that. Goliath's crew inviting my Philistine friend from the market to the temple. But that's the shock in a way, isn't it, for them? You invite those people, everyone's involved. But it made me think, who are our Philistines? Who are the people where? not thinking of you know it's so easy to um, rule people out uh, without noticing it and just invite people like us Um, this is a this is a a shake on that point I think let's think big let's think everyone Um, and then when does this all happen in one to nine it's very much present tense it's very much now it's cool to do this now you know it's looking to the greatness of the past but it's a call to action now so how do we apply it I mean there's so much application in the text already right but I think it is is a you know it's a it's a let's execute let's do this you know let's base this turkey <laughs> let's 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 do these things let's 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 sing our new song this week let's find our fresh communication of God, his great news of his son, in each of our contexts. let's so think of those verbs, you know, sing, praising him, declaring him in our evangelism, worshiping him uh, as we serve at church. But I think also there's there are inward elements to consider as well, right? Because much of this can be Great food for our prayer life, I think, as well. you know we can pray keep praying or pray more broadly for our mission fields or pray for one pray pray more that you'd reach the people around you, whether it's family or colleagues, neighbors um, it's easy not to thank God in prayer you know so much of this of this psalm is bringing him just plain glory for his attributes. Um, It's great to just pray through his greatness, you know, nothing else. I think it's great to pray for new ideas about how to reach people with the gospel as well, pray for courage and boldness, because, you know, some of this is quite scary, isn't it, for us? Most of us aren't natural evangelists, maybe none of us, frankly, in our sin, but it's good to pray through what to do. We can be idealists at times. It's fine. It's normal. And I think, you know, it, it really hammered home to me the need to just to just try and be in the Lord's word at one point every day just really get a verse out at least or keep going through a good book or just to be prayerful just to engage with him so we can do this okay so and then the third point linking to the third point we've got sort of additional elements of the of the why of all this right and with our third point we really get to David's crescendo in this song he's written with the with with the Levites because in some ways the third point really gets the sort of the signature piece of the whole song and this is the reminder for all to praise and worship the king who brings justice the king who brings justice so let's go back to the text Uh, let's find him in verse 10 page 602 still verse 10 say among the nations the Lord reigns notice it's all the nations still and you've got another massive verb say and the Lord reigns he is King verse 10 goes on as to why why say that why say that to the nations the world's firmly established it cannot be moved He will judge the peoples with equity. It's just the way it is. So let's say it. That's what this verse is calling on. The world is set, it's done, he's got it. He will judge. He will judge. And then stay with me if we go back to verses, the block 11 to 13, because this is where the song really builds. And creation, the whole of creation joins in. So look from verse 11. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that's in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. How all the trees sing for joy. This fantastic idea of the whole of creation singing, worshiping, can you imagine that? It's just incredible, isn't it? Why, back in verse 13, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He'll judge the world in righteousness and the people in his truth. So it's this idea, this amazing idea of hello universe, hello earth, hello creation. Sing a song of utter gladness because he's coming. Heaven, earth, creation he comes to judge that's the joy of the song that's the rejoicing and it's a little bit of a surprise isn't it we are very often think of judgment in in gospel terms which is quite right which is salvation from sin and that when we die our sins are atoned for and we go to heaven and that's the good news and if you haven't heard that before come and talk to jeremy and i afterwards because that's the main deal rescued by jesus But this is making a slightly broader point around it's of utter worshipful joy and rejoicing that just that, this king, comes to judge. So, you know, clearly it's something we should tell others. And you've got this idea of a wonderful rule, a wonderful justice that creation should um, rejoice in as we look into this beautiful future. So I thought we should unpack that idea a bit, just to sort of dwell on justice a bit and what it can mean. Because we know, we know about the ultimate justice of the gospel, as I've said, of, of, of our sin being atoned for, and Jesus achieving that on the cross. And our salvation is the most amazing thing in the universe as won by Jesus. Let's also see here as part of that, this idea of him bringing true justice as king, true rightness prevailing. So if you think about the idea in Isaiah 11 of, uh, it was a prophecy of Jesus in verses one to six, and he brings peace, he brings fairness, he brings defense for the weak, he brings a genuinely just rule. This is a true champion, isn't it? This is a real champion. So if you think, if we, and we apply that to the levels of injustice that we see in the world, right? So we know, we know of, 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 of the sin of, of, of man and woman in Romans 3. No one's righteous, no one understands, no one seeks God, all have turned away. So we know of our sin. Uh, but we also know of the fall of man in Genesis 3, this inherently broken world uh, that we walk through. So the more you unpack that, the more you see um, so many levels of wrong. So the more I thought about this, the um, the worse it got so if you think about ourselves right let's go let's go inside ourselves for a minute i'm going to start small and go big okay so let's start small um, we so often disappoint ourselves don't we and that can be a good thing or a bad thing you can be sort of perhaps righteously disappointed in yourself because you want to meet god's standards a bit better but you're still disappointed well, the other one is you can be sort of wrongly disappointed because our pride's been pricked and we haven't attained to whichever standards we fancy that day. Either way, there's wrongness. Okay? Right, let's get a bit w- wider now. Let's think about closest relations, so spouses, close friends, family. Range of things we can get wrong with those close to us are many, aren't they? We know this, right? Um, we can. Be unbalanced about things, we can be insensitive, we can be oversensitive, we might not realize we're doing either of them, we might say sorry, and we might not. There's loads of things at that level I think we could all attest to. Then you get to the workplace, okay? Has anybody got a completely clean slate in the workplace? I know I haven't. You know, we've all got stories, some people are nobler than others, but then you get to the locality, right? If A fifth of the things that Islington Council are charged with as doing wrong or right, they're not doing that well, you know? Nationally, nationally, I can't remember a time when the UK felt so fragile and weak and when the polity was so incredible, frankly, and when you felt that the business of holding society together was being done, frankly, so badly. Um, Internationally, Take your pick, climate change. Creation's been abused for profit for decades. Uh, Whether it's battery farms, indiscriminate mining, throwing chemicals into the food chain, it's gone on for a long time. Wars, you know, war in Ukraine, average age of Russian soldiers is 19. Most of them are recruited from the countryside or they've been fed propaganda their whole lives. It's just awful, isn't it? So you end up looking at multi-levels of wrong, or you can see the world much more clearly as a matrix of wrong. I quite like that, matrix of wrong. You could go back in history and come up with endless examples. So how wonderful then that this king and his rule will resolve it all isn't that wonderful that's what this song's about isn't that wonderful it's such a great feeling to spot that and we this this psalm has been helpful for me to re-examine that and and why we should say it we should say it shouldn't we verse ten's calling us to say it um So I think really digesting that point is is key to this, um, knowing this psalm, because considering the beauty of true justice that the Lord will bring. Also knowing the incredible eternal beauty of his salvation through the gospel, of course. um, Jesus is coming to bring good, real true rightness, fairness, faithfully done, it's wonderful. He is our true champion. Uh, And we know from human leaders, human leaders just aren't like that, are they? You know, they love power or wealth or incentives or experience like any of us would. So Jesus is not like that. He comes to resolve this matrix of wrong. So just to pull it together, just to conclude then, this wonderful creation song, this genuine genuine piece of world world music, um, calling us to sing, calling us to sing. I was, ha- I was having a think around when I really sing. I thought, I sing really loud when I go and see West Ham United. I thought, that's awful. They're not going to bring justice anytime soon. You know, whereas God is, Jesus is. And I was thinking how encouraging it is when I hear, hear people singing next to me. Here and other services so let's try and sing up I think it's really encouraging for each other in the midst of all this but a few final thoughts and then we'll pray Uh, let's think what's what's our for each of us what's your new song this week what's your joyful fresh communication of the Lord pray it through what would it be would it be praying for that colleague think it through Secondly, let's let's not get bored with the Lord. It's easy to do. Sounds blunt, but it's easy to do. Have we? Have you forgotten His strength and His beauty? Thirdly, have you have you seen the gospel as for everyone? There are people you feel you've got a block with. Just pray it through. Pray pray through that person, your team. You you feel you can't speak to. Lastly, pray through and think through just how wonderful this true justice is. How great it will be when God brings it. Share examples with Christian friends around you. And let's say amongst the nations, the Lord reigns. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this Incredible song of praise, this call to action, this reminder. Pray we pray it in tonight and tomorrow. Pray you'd help us live it this week coming by your strength, knowing the power of your Spirit in us, and you will do it. Pray we would really say amongst those around us that you reign. Thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen.